So you got pushed around. So what? Get over it. You went to Karate Dojo. That's the whole point. It was aggravated assault, Eli. I looked it up. That's a year in prison and a $10,000 fine. Stop being such a bitch, Dimitri. You know what happens to snitches? They get immunity. Snitches get stitches. I have stitches. I've got several stitches. Don't do anything stupid, you'll regret it. Welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I represent Miyagi-Do. Much like Daniel-san, I once had a video that I was sure could go viral, but I chose not to release it. The only difference is Daniel-san's was a badass fight, mine was me playing football with a hedgehog, but besides that, we're exactly the same. Oh, I need to see that. My name is Jim Scampoli. I represent Cobra Kai because even the one friend I have that is sympathy for me when I'm at my lowest, I'm plotting to take everything away from him. And that is nothing more Cobra Kai than that. Uh, this week, we are discussing episode four, The Moment of Truth, uh, directed by Michael Grossman, story by Josh Heald, John Hurwitz, Hayden Schlossberg, story and teleplay by Kevin McManus and Matthew McManus. Oh, mm. brothers, I hope. <laughs> Father-son duo? Yeah. um yeah could be married i don't know um who knows yeah uh it's not like we could look that up jim (laughs) um so let's talk generally about this episode because i said last time that i felt like so much that felt like it should be on the nose was just landing perfectly and in this episode things don't land as believably as effortlessly for me i'll preface it by saying there's still a lot of stuff I like, obviously, Um, but it's just like the moments that they're trying to hit don't hit as hard because they're like, uh, I don't know, they feel a little bit like, oh, yeah, I see what you're doing, you know? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, uh, this is your Robbie hate coming back, right? You're really mad at Robbie's stuff in this episode, correct? I'm honestly, Daniel-san staggering along a beach looking like he's been lost in the desert for days seeing a mirage of miyagi uh like a a mirage if you will and rushing (laughs) up to get wisdom from his dead ghost uh sensei and then accidentally getting wisdom from another fisherman dude with a an accent that's kind of what i'm talking about here yeah true (laughs) even though i know like i get that moment and it totally makes sense and it puts him in a place where that makes sense at the end of the episode and i like that but just the execution of it i'm like well again i i think i go back and forth on it because if i watch that without having watched the rest of cobra kai leading up to it i'm like if you watch that scene out of context you'd be rolling your eyes so hard you know Mm. and it's all a question of how much in the moment you are how how able you are to accept it it's just there's a couple of them um and that's what i'm thinking of not so much robbie uh i actually kind of i'm okay with robbie uh like setting up the phone and fighting them because that's a stupid thing to do and he gets hit in the head for it so you know i don't mind that yeah i kind of almost expected the guy they cast to be like pat marita's grandson or something like i was like what is the connection here because it is so thick just some guy just some random guy uh i did look it up i was like is this guy somebody should i is this a cameo part but but also it's it's weird because everything you're saying is true but I still love it. <laughs> I'm, mm. I'm still there. I, I, I do kind of wish that maybe they kept it at just him seeing a fisherman in the distance type deal and, you know, thinking of Miyagi and then maybe figuring out a different way for him to get the epiphany or just the balance in his mind that he needs 
because I think just the shot and maybe a little bit of the music is enough um, without, yeah, you're, the guy also kind of giving him the advice on top of that. Uh, it's just tough because I, I do agree with what you're saying, but it's still like it's it's a weird like manipulation thing that works on me. Like, you know, they they people bring up that Spielberg or something can be very manipulative, even though he's a great filmmaker. But sometimes it just always works, even though you know you know that they're working you, but uh, you allow it. You just lay there and take it. Yeah, I don't know. I have nothing against it conceptually, just as far as like everything that is so over the top in this show 99 percent of it just works for me perfectly anyway yeah so when it doesn't it just sticks out a little bit like and again there's nothing wrong with that scene it makes perfect sense it's just kind of like daniel staggering there like he's lost hope and i'm like what is like you still have a successful car dealership you're not like johnny at the end of your wits like even though he's I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. It well, starts with Dimitri. Well, before we get into it, just the other broad question, and I guess uh, I, I, since we're kind of talking some of the episode in general, I, I, I come back to this crease thing. Like, what are we supposed to think about crease here? Because, again, they, they yeah. do the thing they did in the first episode where, you know, uh, it feels like we're getting, like, a real moment or it feels like we're, you know, we're getting, like, a peek behind the curtain. And I guess it's to sympathize with Crease and sympathize with why Johnny would want to help him. But like, so is it all part of the plan? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I guess it's not all part of the plan, right? Clearly he's in like, this is his reality. What we see, like he's yeah. bumming around to like, I guess, vet shelters or wherever he is at the, at the moment, homeless shelter, vet shelter, something or other. Uh, and he's just, I guess, using that to his advantage. Or is there a part of him that is, you know, that does care for Johnny? Like, what, what's our what? Are, what is supposed to be the read? Because we they keep almost giving us these moments, but then they'll have Crease kind of wink at us, the audience, be like, "Hey, remember, I'm Crease." So, like, what do you think about that strategy as a whole? Yeah, the last scene was another one of those moments where I was like, "This is very on the nose now," and it feels like it when he's like. You know, talking to the class, he's being made the sensei. He talks about how you make your opponent think you're retreating, and just as they let their guard down, that's when you strike the hardest, or whatever. And I guess Miguel, all the way throughout, is like, he's clearly telling us what he's doing, right? Like, all <laughs> yeah, the time, yeah. he's like, he's clearly full of shit, Johnny. Like, what the fuck, sensei? Um, and he just says it outright. So, like you said, when he's in the shelter and they're talking there, it does seem genuine. And then it has this moment at the end to kind of remind us that he's an antagonist i feel like it's mm. kind of there to go like don't worry this is going somewhere it's not just drama between these two there's a there's a bad guy there's going to be a fight because there's a bad there's there's bad and like not it i i think that's what it's it is because it like you were saying in our discussion of the first episode this season uh it's like leaving it more ambivalent would just leave it more open for interpretation but maybe it is open for interpretation all the same because we had drew on uh cobra kai kid on youtube and his read was more like it is genuine what he's saying uh, yeah. but then he's just such a fucking snake he'll use that to his advantage later when he's in more of a position of power yeah no that is a good point point. and yeah i mean i guess i, I don't want to get too into it because we're, we're going to talk about the episode first we'll get a little bit more into it as we discuss the episode as a whole 
Uh, so we can, yeah, we can rewind a bit. It does open with, you know, great, great moment. Great, nice cold open here with Dimitri and Kreese. And it is, it's hilarious, like, using the, you know, the audience, we're more aware of the reality of the situation. But Dimitri's like, oh, thank God you're here, not Johnny. That other guy, he's intense. And it's like, no, you don't yeah. understand. This is the, you know, the, if there's an evil, like, this show tries not to be like someone's evil, but then it also is like, well, no, but Crease is evil, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I like they don't even like really show it. It's just, you know, we see all the buildup and then we see him kind of gets to leave with a nice bloody nose because, you know, Crease gave him what for. But then it's it's interesting that even Miguel understands because like when Miguel hears about this and like talks to Johnny about it, um, it's weird because like Johnny would almost do that, I guess. Maybe he doesn't. He didn't quite do that, but he's not. I don't know. Like, what's the what's the line for abuse? Like, it's OK for Johnny, but not OK with Crease. They have the children hit each other. That way they go to prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like good when point. he had Aisha punch them all in the face because they'd never been punched in the face. Um, I think the difference, uh, I mean, there is a difference, and Miguel can tell it. Like, one way to quantify it would be that Crease uh, has no intention of taking on this kid as a student and is just annoyed that he's spouting shit about his tattoo. And Dimitri is like, I guess, I, I get that he's supposed to be like, doesn't have the best social skills. But and like from the way he talks and is all the time, yeah. but like this is so over the top as well. But it <laughs> yeah, kind of works because yeah. it's building tension in the scene. But also when he starts talking about, oh, he knows all about snakes now, I guess, and and all this <laughs> shit. And then yeah, but um, I, I'd say yeah, um, Miguel is just. I think it's more apparent in this episode, um, like story structure wise, he just totally fulfills the role of the hero and not talking about like the hero in a you know, uh, like Luke Skywalker or whatever. I'm talking more about he's the character who throughout is always right and the person who is telling the main character what to do. And he's right the whole way through, all yeah. along in this season. Like, he does uh, some growing in the first season, of course, and some growing in the second one as well. But, like, he's just so right here. And we're, I think because we're so led into Chris is a bad guy, Chris is a bad guy, the show keeps telling us Chris is a bad guy, Miguel's the only one who sees that. I don't know. That's why this wouldn't work at all if not for, say, the scene last episode where Chris actually gives some helpful advice yeah. um, to Johnny, you know? Yeah. So that's why I was talking about that being such a great moment because otherwise there's no reason to believe this. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. That is, it's it's a it's an important moment for Johnny, and then and then they lay it on like I don't want to say lay it on thick because like, I don't I'm not, I don't mean it in a negative way, but like then like when he sees his the state of this strong teacher from his youth kind of being uh, like disciplined by some like nurse or social worker or something later on, it like everything kind of makes sense at least from Johnny's point of view, but. You're right. Miguel, Miguel's not buying that bullshit. Uh, but yeah, back at the beginning, we have Sam and Robbie and, you know, Robbie's kind of talking about how like we need, we, you know, we need to be badass. Like the, the Cobra Kai and Robbie's coming out a little bit because he's like, you know, he's concerned about Miyagi-Do, but they need to look cool. Um, and I guess part of the, well, I guess it plays into what we see with this episode because again, Robbie's past shows back up i know you love that when his bad friends arrive 
Uh, but we're seeing that he's getting frustrated with Miyagi-Do and how it's not, you know, catching on, I guess. Uh, then Daniel comes in and we get to hear some stories about his first car salesman job and how, you know, he outsold that guy in the first month doing it because it's just like what Mr. Miyagi told him. It's about honesty and show it like having some, what is it? Having something to, uh, showing your true self or something like that. What's his whole advice here? I forget his exact words, but I think it is uh, a very good way of sort of uh, talking about his transition into where he is now from where he was. He talks about honesty and like not trying to upsell people, letting people come to you, much like in Miyagi-Do, you don't attack, you're the defendant, someone comes to you and you turn and you know their action turns it against them or whatever so he did that but with cars and that ties into the theme of the episode so again there's a lot of stuff i like in this episode um and i i you get the idea here as well as we're almost halfway through the season this season is about daniel's slow ascent as a dojo and cobra kai's slow fall as crease gets his clutches into it that's what it feels like anyway yeah so for daniel um i really even though i was uh you know uh, making fun of it a little bit i really like that we get to see him fail over and over again because he's right here like what he says makes sense and it's a good plan but it just doesn't work so mm-hmm. it makes him more likable just inherently that he tries stuff and it doesn't work yes yeah uh then we have crease just telling war stories it's it's funny to just even think about how like uh if you went to a karate class and then just your karate sensei's friend is always hanging out <laughs> and yeah. telling you these stories. I mean, I guess the whole thing of Cobra Kai is about being badass, and I guess he is telling badass stories, even if Miguel's kind of the one that's, like, pointing out that he's kind of mixing up his lies or what have you. Yeah. In the midst of that, um, I mean, I don't I, – I guess this is setting something up. Again, I don't remember where it goes, but we're only focused on this episode. But, you know, we have the – the the landlord's back and they're raising the rent because hey johnny's making more money so i'm gonna raise the rent that's the deal we have a handshake deal uh but they're also getting into how he's expanding it a bit going into this uh stock room that they made him take all his stuff away from so things are building seeds are being planted yeah, I mean, it's a scorching indictment of capitalism, if I may be so European about it. But it is saying that, of course, that's how it works. You make more money, so I take more rent. The capitalist system is set up for us to always exploit uh, and take as much as is possible because that is how capital grows. And uh, yeah, great to see that portrayed here in a show created uh, by two of the biggest media conglomerates in the world that do the exact same thing, Google and Sony. Thanks, guys. Yes, excellent. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, every great, every great thing is co-opted by a corporation. Just, just remember that, okay? Yeah, except <laughs> us. Shows what you know <laughs> never makes never. any money, and we never will. Never. That's our promise to you, the listener. That's how you know we're not talking <laughs> bullshit. It's only for the love. <laughs> Uh, so then Johnny has everyone fall in line. He's going through some of the new recruits, you know, shitting on him as he's wont to do. We do see that Raymond's there and he's saying, you know, hey, parents can't be here. Uh, it's an insurance thing. Uh, but hey, no, he's not a parent. He's there. He wants to he can take on some high school kids. It don't matter. Plus, he lives with his mom. and He doesn't have to pay rent. So he's got money. Uh, and, you know, Johnny needs money. So everything works out. But then we get the. The big uh, introduction of Tori with a Y, 
because uh, we need another badass chick. Miyagi-Do's got a badass chick. Cobra Kai needs a badass chick. Even though they have Aisha, I guess they need another badass chick. Maybe. Well, Aisha's the one who said to Sam, like, we need more badass chicks, if you'll recall, at Very the end true. of uh, season one. So she's quite happy yep. to get some company. Very true. Uh, so, yeah, because Johnny puts out the challenge, like, oh, who wants to take on the champ? And Tori steps up. Uh, I like that Raymond was about to raise his hand there as well before Tori. So, (laughs) like, that would have been fun. I'm sad we didn't get to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so then we have uh, Miguel versus Tori. They kind of have some nice back and forth. I mean, Tori is already tough, which is kind of – I mean, it's a little annoying to me. Like, she's already tough. I guess they do explain it away because she did take some kickboxing classes or something. Um, Plus, you just already get the vibe that she's a bad girl. Plus, you're already getting the vibe that this love triangle – is about to become a love rectangle because now you got mm-hmm. Miguel, Tori, Sam, and uh, Robbie. I almost forgot Robbie and Dimitri. Yeah, you're right. And you know, um, uh, you know how dumb I am. I didn't even pick up like when she says Tori with a Y, and then my girlfriend's like, "Oh, is that like Allie with an I?" And I was like, "Holy shit, <laughs> it is." <laughs> ah, I didn't pick up on that either. We are idiots. Where's your girlfriend? Been... Get her on the show. Yeah. <laughs> And we've been watching all this shit. We've been fucking entrenched <laughs> in Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. And I didn't oh, pick up that obvious thing. I was like, oh, gee, holy fuck. That just blew my mind. Tori with a Y? Ellie with an I? Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I I guess, yeah, I'm not I'm not annoyed by the badassness. Like, at least initially, it's like, yeah, cool. Uh, another cool character, like you said. Seems like badass. We'll get more into it, I'm sure. And then they go to the quote-unquote beach, which means going to a fancy house with a pool, I guess. This is another of those American things. Um, and Well, even, then... I, even I don't get that one. I guess it's a beach yeah. club. That's the only thing I can mm. think. I know, because, I mean, I'm not rich like that. It's like a rich person thing. It. It's like a beach club. I think it's on the beach, but like it's a nice resort. So you just hang out by the pool for the most part. Yeah. Um, and uh, Aisha chats up Tori in the supermarket. Well, no, the convenience store, the little place that's right there on the strip mall. And they get to chatting and Aisha talks about how she's not on good terms with Sam. And I'm like, well, she, they were on kind of good terms there when... Um, when she was trying, like Sam was trying to pick her up after her class, and she invited her to come hang out yeah. with the Cobra guys. But then, I guess the rivalry, uh, as she mentions later, is basically like your dad's talking hella shit uh, on YouTube, and we can't have that. Yeah, because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, they're not really on bad terms, but yeah, they explain it. it does make sense. I mean, Aisha's very Cobra Kai, and it's you know been a thing that's made her more confident in her life, so it makes sense. It's very important to her. And even though she does like Sam, she doesn't want, you know, uh, Sam's dad is the is the villain. Sam's dad is the crease to people that are in Cobra Kai. Uh, I want to this is a small thing. I mean, I want cut back real quick to when they're driving to the beach, when they have like, you know, Daniel, Robbie and Sam in the car. Uh, from personal experience, I watched the movie. Well, I have a Patreon for my show, Jim and Them, and we watched the movie John Rambo yesterday, which, again, again, I guess a nice 80s callback sequel thing. Uh, and such a small thing of having them drive in a car in Cobra Kai and actually be on the road and drive on the beach and actually have to put the effort into whatever they do. They like have to put the car on the back of like a trailer or something and mount the cameras. 
John Rambo, a movie that was released in theaters, every car scene is an obvious green screen, and it takes you out of it so much that I just want to <laughs> give props to Cobra Kai, for, even for like a small, what, 30-second scene, whatever it might be, the fact that they aren't just in front of a green screen. I don't get why green screens look terrible now. I guess it's because we know, yeah. we, uh, we understand what goes into just making one, but green screens when someone's in a car look awful. It's sorry to step on this soapbox right now, but I'm just so proud of Cobra Kai for just going the extra mile and just filming an actual car driving down the street with a few lines of dialogue. Thank you, Cobra Kai. Yeah, no, great point. I mean, they're in the banana boat. Um, and like you said, they probably had to spend like a bunch of money just to do that. But can you imagine them like with a little fan making their hair go all whooshy with the top down and the green screen? Yeah, uh, it could have been real shit. Thanks for putting some money into that. Uh, looks good. Uh, regular car driving stuff. Uh, and yeah, like you said, like things just like just keep it simple guys like don't yeah. you don't need to do the terrible green screen stuff it doesn't always help um so anyway yeah uh we got the clip from the start of the show um dimitri about him getting stitches um and of course miguel goes and warns johnny and to johnny's credit while he says like i have a handle on it and i keep saying like miguel's so right throughout uh johnny does uh listen to him because it's after this that he uh he follows crease to try to figure out what the fuck's going on oh yeah he's on the case he's snooping now this is when i want to get into like uh how like is crease aware i mean because it's not like johnny's very good at following him it's, it's so very obvious is crease aware of this or no i guess he's not right i would guess not because i'm trying to figure uh... out like how premeditated is all this stuff like is this the point that crease is like okay now i'll reveal myself so he you know this will get me even more in his good graces but i mean i'm probably overthinking this but it's because i just get a little annoyed that they keep having to tell us he's evil instead of just letting it breathe for a little bit and maybe yeah. having us kind of like second guess him. Like, cause we already know he's evil. So maybe let us, the audience be like, huh, what's he up to? Or, or maybe we'll have a little sympathy for him here, but I don't know. They're always winking at us. So in my mind, it's like crease knows he's following him. He's, he paid the lady to yell at him. <laughs> When, when Johnny this is came because in. you watched uh, Karate Kid Part Three, and he was yeah. involved in the convoluted plotting that was going on there, where Terry Silver was pretending to be a guy and everything, and like I, I blame Danielson being being messed up in the head uh, on mm -hmm. that as well, because like imagine, yeah, it was all a Machiavellian plot. Of course, he thinks Cobra Kai is evil, and that Johnny's like lying to him and everything. Like remember that scene where. Crease literally like jumped out from behind a thing like, yes, yeah. like a monster in Karate Kid Part 3. So I don't blame you for thinking that way. Uh, but I do think the what the show is telling us is that he is found out here. He didn't intend to be found out. Um, and he reveals himself and it is honest. Um, and maybe it's just maybe there's part of him that knows that being honest here is the only way he can get Johnny's sympathy and, and so on. Maybe it's how he's lived this past decade, etc. That's sort of, I don't know, uh, it's humbled him enough where he's able to actually do that and even do it honestly. Um, but yeah, I believe that it's there. But also, I, I just think he's the kind of piece of shit who will play on your heartstrings and totally mean it in the moment, but yeah. stab you in the back later anyway. <laughs> yeah. Can't help his nature basically. And yeah, I think it was in the last episode going back on Daniel's thing is he does bring up that 
I guess like how he's like crease. He faked his own death twice, apparently, because, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> he thought he was dead in the third one. And then he thought he was <laughs> dead again uh, in Cobra Kai and he's back. But yeah. So meanwhile, yeah, Daniel, he's got his plan. He's trying to entice these parents at the beach club, uh, you know, get word out about about Cobra Kai. I'm not Cobra Kai about Miyagi-Do and, you know, hey, you know, like it's good for your kid. Discipline. Be he's not quite saying be badass, but he is hinting at that. It is almost like a Johnny type sales uh, sales pitch to like, hey, you know, get your son out of the house, get your kids out of the house for a bit. They get some good exercise. They learn some some good principles. Miyagi-Do all the way. He can't even convince his own son to do that, so I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure why he thought that this would work. Uh, Aisha's, Aisha's mom is a total cock block, comes in with a video. Uh, I can't tell uh, if she's like intentionally like, oh, fuck your dojo. Like, is she on Team Cobra Kai? She must have bought a beach towel, right? Oh, At definitely. Least. So, <laughs> you know, she's yeah. got a beach. She knows she's got a beach towel. It is uh, Kim Fields plays her, uh, which she was in um, The Facts of Life uh she's also in living single it, it was just weird because i recognized her and i was like it's mm. a weird kind of bit part that they brought her in uh so it's a nice throwback uh to see kim fields play Aisha's yeah. mom i did not recognize her and i don't <laughs> haven't seen those so i don't know um but yeah so we have uh speaking of aisha aisha and sam are kind of making up and it's going pretty well um talking about just you and abs all summer training like all right i'm not telling miguel like it's it's going well and then tori with a y shows up uh swiped a bottle from the bar uh i see no problem with this sam's being a goody two-shoes i feel yeah uh, what's definitely. your opinion jim no i agree she is being a goody two-shoes I, I could almost understand though where it's like you could almost be like, well, hey, it's one thing if we're like at a be at a pond party or beach party, wherever they were that bonfire time. But it's like our parents are here. I don't want to be sneaking around getting drunk like I can almost see that. But, yeah, she's being a goody two shoes. Uh, and I get, we can kind of follow this thread because then when when Amanda's wallet goes missing, it is kind of absurd that she would immediately think Tori did it. Because, like, it's one thing to be like, oh, high school kids swipe booze. Like, that doesn't necessarily mean that she's also swiping wallets. <laughs> but... Yeah, no, it's, uh, like, we're supposed to think that her jealousy with uh, Tori's apparent relationship with Aisha, who they, they just met, like, today. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but supposedly their her jealousy there is enough for her to make this leap. Um it doesn't make sense to me and it makes sam like her character it feels a little bit wobbly so another one of these moments where i'm like it's not totally awful um but it's kind of like what i guess this is what's happening uh but jim we the yes. most important yes. bit yes i know what you're getting into <laughs> we gotta talk about the most important bit i'm sure we both thought about it yeah. it's in those larusso jeans <laughs> yes. when she falls over the table and is somehow covered in cake exactly how daniel son was covered in spaghetti i know you're thinking the same same thing jim <laughs> absolutely it's such a great like you know you want to talk nostalgia and callbacks this is such a great callback because you know on the surface it just seems like a ridiculous joke the way she's covered with uh you know cake but if you didn't have karate kid on the mind uh necessarily watching this you're not picking up that yeah it's it's full circle from daniel being covered in like tomato sauce whatever it was but he a ridiculous amount 
of food all over him. And now Sam is in the same uh, position after she falls through the table because she's obscenely covered in food. It's so great. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I didn't uh, like I didn't think at first that it was like, in quotes, intentional um, because, you know, it could just be we do unrealistic like it's it's heightened reality whatever but it is like you and i were talking about it's just a, a, for daniel's son a ridiculous amount of Dude. uh bolognese on him yeah. um <laughs> there's no doubt so, there's no yeah. doubt in my mind that this is intentional there, there's no, yeah, yeah. They, they know what they're doing here but th that's what's so great about it it's also like in the next scene she has absolutely none of that on her so <laughs> i guess well they yeah. do must have showers there they have a pool so i guess that works out but like it's just it's insane uh that this is what happens um but i love it uh it's insane that she would accuse her but you know it just makes me like this it's moment like the moments like this where the justification isn't quite there that if people dislike a character i'm like well you kind of painted yourself into a quarter there with the writing because you didn't give us enough to justify this now if afterwards they showed that nah she actually did steal the wallet that would be such a cheap move because it would totally release sam from the the actual mistake that she made yeah. um because she would have been magically right even though she didn't have enough reason to think so uh but they don't do that because as we know it's uh it's robbie's friends who had the stash in the same place and uh we get a flashback to last season as he goes and sees this and uh, we talked about this last episode i think there, it's simply because on youtube they can't have a previously on. So yeah. they just have more flashbacks to previous episodes. And I think it's a bit shit. Um, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, you don't, you really don't need this flashback. Um, I mean, I get it that maybe someone might, I don't know, like, I, I don't, you can't be four episodes into season two and not, not at least remember that. <laughs> I mean, even if it was a year ago, maybe it would take you a second. You would just pick up by context, even if you never watched it, dude, you'd pick it up by context because he's already mentioned like, uh, oh, I used to work here last summer. Uh, and he's already it's already very apparent that there's something wrong. He's like kind of he worried. says that he's, he says to to um, to Daniel's wife. I'm sorry. Well, I yeah, I was going to say, because yeah, I'm talking about even before that. But, yeah, then when he talks right. to Amanda, he basically explains, yes, that they were up to no good there. I mean, she says, like, you didn't hurt anyone, right? He's like, no, 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 nothing like that. So it's pretty clear they were, like, ripping people off or doing something. So, yeah. you know, you don't need to see that. And, and it, it's, it's like a very long flashback because they show, like, the fight and then, like, him scurrying away and even kind of, like, pointing to the camera. Like, it's almost like, hey, that was on camera. They're trying to tie it into how he set up the phone camera maybe. I don't know. It's a long flashback. It's not needed. <laughs> yeah um but i guess the one reason it makes sense is they show him getting beaten up so that that builds the expectation yeah. that now that he's learned more he's gonna win so when he gets and i even was like i didn't quite remember from the first time i watched it i was like wait what happens here um and if he had beaten them up and he filmed it and everything that would have been dumb it wouldn't have been good um so mm. it's great that he just gets hit has this he's teenagery enough to have this idea that this is gonna work and this is gonna bring out a business and then daniel's son's gonna adopt me like and he's gonna love me <laughs> like that's his yeah. thinking of uh recording this um and so it makes sense because obviously daniel would never set that up and it sets up a great ending as well when they decide not to publish it um 
But yeah, so Daniel jumps in, saves the day, totally echoing the moment from the Karate Kid, of course, when Mr. Miyagi saves him. Um, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's Miyagi-Do on full display, which is nice. And he's kind of got the same like moves uh, uh, somewhat when Mr. Miyagi got to beat up some young kids. At least these kids seem a little older. I don't know if they're necessarily in high school. I mean, uh, definitely not the long hair guy. He's not in high school. Come on. Uh, but yeah, he gets to kick their ass. And it is nice because, you know, it's, it feels like this is the obvious thing. This is how we get everyone to, to join Miyagi-Do. But no, that's not the Miyagi-Do way. That's not, that's not what Mr. Miyagi would have wanted. That's not, that's, and Daniel, at this point, since he spoke to the ghost of Mr. Miyagi, who yeah. inhabited that fisherman, he understands that's not something that Mr. Miyagi would want either. Uh, uh, cutting back real quick, I mean, again, we already mentioned it, but like Crease in the, you know, shelter, uh, Johnny witnesses it and kind of hears Crease's backstory. Uh, I can't, the footage they use, I mean, because there's a flashback there, but I think that's fine. Uh, yeah. I don't know if was that in Karate Kid. I guess it was in Karate Kid Three. I know I've I've read that some they have access to dailies from the movies, and so, mm. so they do have some footage that wasn't used, uh, or maybe it was just alternate takes or or, or things here and there. Uh, but I guess that that they do kind of have that in the beginning of Karate Kid Three, where he's just kind of like roaming the streets. I, I can't. I think remember, that's though. in there, yeah, because they yeah. show how he's all down on his luck and all mm-hmm. uh, before Terry Silver comes to the rescue, right? I yes. mean, because we follow him. That's the thing where that's true. Yeah. in part two we follow Mr. Miyagi and Daniel Son, and then we see the same moment at the start of three again, going back to the same day in history, the only important day, <laughs> the nexus of time and space in this universe, and then we uh, go ahead and follow him out of there. So yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, um, I think so too. And because it's I... a little bit because it's like obviously uh, part two uh, is like a year or whatever, right? Or a summer? I don't I don't remember. But like, so there's time between the ending and Crease being down on yes. his luck and yeah. Silver coming in for the rescue. Yeah, no, you're you're right. You're right. Because yeah, they when they go to Okinawa because the I love ca- calling back to it again. The timing's so perfect when he gets to the airport and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Daniel are, are back. Uh, but yeah and i mean it's a nice like oh that sounds like defeat and defeat does not exist in this dojo great way to bring that back to to poor old crease here i mean he does mention working for a friend and and he felt like it was charity or something i assume he's he's talking about terry silver there like dude you have to just resign yourself that we're gonna see terry silver again and i i, I for one welcome terry silver to the cobra kai universe in my opinion okay well i guess we'll i guess we'll see yeah i was trying to uh remember he says he got an offer for a friend that felt like charity but i'm not sure if he took the offer or not um i'm not sure because apparently you know the fact that they lost at the end of of karate kid part three meant that terry silver somehow lost all his money and didn't uh, make, like they could still have Cobra Kai dojos all over, but I guess the publicity of winning the tournament wasn't there. So whatever. Yeah. Cause uh, if I remember, bullshit, like, I feel like we're always talking about Karate Kid three now, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't help it. But if I remember correctly, I think after they lost, people were throwing their free t-shirts back. So Terry Silver probably read that as like, well, if I can't even give away a t-shirt, I mean, 
no one's going to want to do karate at Cobra Kai. Yeah. Um, yeah, he says, War Buddy offered him a job, but I felt like it was a handout. From that, I took... And then he says, so I banged around here and there. So from what I understood from that, he didn't take a job offer. But you're right. I'm sure that was Terry Silver. Like, who the fuck else was his friend in the universe uh, <laughs> yeah. at that point? Um, but yeah, like you said, they sort of get it get it together. Um, Sam is now trying to text Aisha uh, to patch things up, much like uh, Miguel was texting her to patch things up. Um, and then... Robbie shows off the potentially viral video and Daniel's son's all centered and like talks about rightly so he talks about how Mr. Miyagi didn't recruit students he was like as we talked about as well you, the films had to jump through so many hoops to get yeah. Mr. Miyagi to agree to something because he was so like humble and so like like we talk about it, like defense they come to you like with the Daniel's car sales technique um like he he didn't even want to teach karate he just happened to be really good at it so that's the only part where i'm like uh how would mr miyagi feel with you know the photo uh on the wall and the ancestors and all of that that he i i i, I feel like he would much like the fisherman here realize that daniel was going about it all wrong even if his heart was in the right place and thankfully daniel realizes that here as well yes yeah yeah cuz you almost do start to second guess would be would Mr. Miyagi even be on board with the Miyagi-Do karate existing? But I guess the idea of Cobra Kai emerging and spreading again, maybe it's a little flimsy, but it, it, it does work. And especially the fact that if Daniel's not going to do something like try to get a viral video of him kicking some kids' asses to have people show up, it's like, yeah, it, it works out at least that Miyagi would maybe not be opening up a, a dojo, but he would definitely wouldn't be against, you know, kids looking for help and coming there for guidance and balance. He would definitely be smiling. He'd be doing his end of Karate Kid part one <laughs> smile and look as we fade out on him. I think he he definitely would appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, another quick note that I really like that, Daniel's whole thing through all the films and the show has always been he's had this frantic energy it makes him a good Carl salesman and everything but what has he always lacked what has Mr. Miyagi always told him you need to be patient like uh. things take their time he's never he's not good at that because he's so active he'll jump from one thing to the next like quickly quickly let's make it happen boom 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 let's sell these cars um but that's the problem all the way throughout this and the past episode that he's trying and failing he says in his commercial on youtube that uh, at miyagi-do it's all about the karate but then at the start of this episode you have sam going to him saying like, hey, maybe you can come teach us some karate. And he's like, nah, we're going to go recruit at the beach. <laughs> yeah, Like, yeah, he, yeah. it's literally him not making it all about the karate. Yep. So uh, the arc he's going through in the pa the previous episode in this one, it just makes total sense where, where who his character is at his very core is someone who has problems with all of these teachings and, and patience and everything. But that's why it's so useful to him and makes him a, a more balanced person when he can connect with those things. Yeah, no, that's perfect. That's a great read. And, you know, it's, it's that Jersey boy in him. It's that East Coast fast pace. Now, 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 let's do this. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he finds he finds that wisdom. And then, you know, I, I, like a sign from God, Dimitri arrives. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, 
perfect timing. Uh, he, he walks in and, you know, I think we've mentioned in the past, I do really enjoy the slow roll of Dimitri and we'll get to see more of that, uh, you know, in the next few episodes. But after that moment, we are back at Cobra Kai and, you know, we see the olive branches continued to be extended to crease as, uh, Johnny defers to him on a question about the back kick, but this is where we get like the big wink from crease and the audience. We know something's up and Miguel knows something's up. So <laughs> something is up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just before we wrap, I, I don't think this is intentional, but I kind of really laughed at Dimitri coming in there going, ah, oh, it was unclear if the gate was the front door, if I was supposed to ring the doorbell. Yeah. Cause if you'll recall the postman who materializes in the back garden yeah. in, in Karate Kid part two, and we were both like, what, how did he get there? And like, people just keep wandering in into the back garden here i guess it's because they're always hanging out there it's not like it it doesn't make sense it's just that so how it was shot back then was like mail delivery for you <laughs> like what the fuck and Demetrius like yeah i don't know i guess i just walked in like everyone fucking does in this place yeah definitely yeah that's a <laughs> Uh, but uh yeah on that note uh more of our television coverage can be found at showswhatyouknow.com uh please also do leave a review on apple podcasts if you use apple podcasts or if you don't uh you can just go to apple.com they have a website and you can uh, make an account and, and review the podcast and it would be very much appreciated please um beyond beyond that jim there, i think there's literally just one more thing or maybe three. Ooh, and what, what would those three things be uh let me think i believe it would be strike fast strike hard no, no mercy, mercy.